You know, I really like to hear my wife say Pastor Zach here because if I hear Pastor Zach at home, that's never the same connotation. If I hear it at home, it's most of the time it's okay, Pastor Zach. So usually whenever I'm not acting very pastoral. Uh, now, don't give yourself away, but uh, I know you don't always act Christian all the time either. So just because I don't act pastoral sometimes doesn't mean that you don't act Christian. And I love it. I've told you before, but i tell you again, I saw this... Uh, this little picture that said, uh, it was a, like a little, little, you know, little, what's it called? The, the picture that's got the words on it, little meme. And uh, it said, uh, well, they were, they, he wasn't acting very Christian. And then the response says, well, it's a good thing God's not looking for actors. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty cool. So uh, I got two seats tonight. Did you notice that? One's for me, one's for Jesus. Uh, not, well, yes, of course, the Lord's here, but... Um, I want, to, uh, I want to continue on. We started this conversation around uh, little foxes. Show of hands if you were here last week. Great, great. And you came back. Praise God. And I threatened to talk about gossip in one of these series, and you still came back. Well, that's not tonight, so all the gossip about the gossip message is not for tonight. Uh, but we are going to continue on with our, with our talk on little foxes. And uh, I'm really excited for tonight. I, I really enjoy getting to do these table talks and uh, really just to be able to have a conversation uh, with, with one of our, our leaders uh, in front of you guys. And, and, and these are just so, so great. I actually enjoy these more than I enjoy uh, just, just speaking, you know, by, by myself. Because I feel that uh, if, if one person's good, two makes it better. Uh, and I, I love that through these types of conversations, we're actually able to demonstrate what real life looks like. Uh, and the conversations in real life. And this is going to be even more real because I just decided I wanted to do this about 9 o'clock this morning. So uh, the prep has been minimal, which means that the anointing is going to be even greater. Uh, that's in my world. For you, you really need the prep. For me, I like to believe God. I don't know about you, but I just like to believe God uh, for, where this, for where this is going to go and what it's going to be about. And So part two, Little Foxes. Why don't you welcome to the stage my very good friend and our life group pastor for this campus, Derek Hines. Awesome. Derek, it's good to see you, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so if you, if you guys haven't had an opportunity to connect with Derek, you really need to. Uh, Derek and his wife, Carol, Miss Carol on the front row. Miss Carol, it's good to see you tonight. Uh, just amazing people that love Jesus and... Derek, you've taken over leadership of the life groups for us. How long ago? It's been since the beginning of the semester, right? Yeah, since of the, the fall beginning, semester? about a, a couple of weeks before the fall semester started. Yeah, so awesome. Uh, Derek's just a, a phenomenal man of God, and we've really been able to, to build an awesome friendship. And Derek's a part of my, of my life group, so I'm smart. I invite the life group <laughs> pastor to my, to my life group so I can stay in good graces with our life group pastor. But uh, we, have a, we have an awesome group uh, of men that get to, to meet together weekly. And, uh, man, our group has been going so good. I think we're just going to keep rolling even after the semester ends this week. So uh, is that, can we break yeah, the rules yeah, well, and do Well, that? we can, we can. But it, I it's, can do it because I'm the campus pastor. That's right. I want, yeah. right? Okay, so, good. That sounds good. So when you're in Zach's life group, it's easy to keep tabs on the pastor too. Exactly, yeah. And it's also important that we provide easy on and off ramps yep. for uh, anyone that wants to, you know. Jump in get, and jump yeah, in. jump in or jump out. That's great. You know, um, you guys remember that, uh, that last week, um, we, we started this conversation from this, uh, this passage in Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. 
depending on which translation of the, of the Bible that you have. But I really like it out of the, the Passion Translation. And I want to read it to you one more time. And uh, I want to kind of just frame a little bit of the conversation that we're going to have tonight. And then just, we're just going to see what all, what all we get into. It's going, to be, it's going to be a fun time. So uh, Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon, whichever you have. Uh, they're both the same, it's just the title's different, which translation you have. But I'm reading this out of, the, out of the Passion Translation. It says this. Now remember that this is in the, uh, I'm going to sit this way just for a second because I feel like I've got my back on you guys over here and I don't, I don't like that. So um, the Passion Translation breaks this down uh, in just a really succinct, beautiful, really gets to me the spirit of the text, if you will, and what's coming across here. Now remember in this poem, this is an exchange between two people that are in love, a man and a woman. Everybody said amen. amen. God's design for love, a man and a woman. Everybody say amen. In the context of a romantic relationship, and it's everything from initial attraction all the way till roundabouts chapter three, a marriage that takes place and then a marriage that continues to have sustained passion and intimacy and it's just a beautiful book and the, and the book really is a prophetic type and shadow of Christ's relationship to the church, the bride of which we are a part and uh, the bride or the woman is talking all up in chapter two until verse 10 and then in verse 10 the man starts speaking and he starts declaring his love uh, for for the woman he starts talking about the woman's beauty and then at the very last verse of that chapter chapter two verses 10 through 15 and verse 15 he says this you must catch everybody say catch the troubling foxes And, and here's the truth that unless we do a good job of catching the troubling foxes, they have the potential to catch us. And we can find ourselves caught in some things that have the potential to damage our depth of connection with God and our depth of connection with the people around us. You must catch the troubling foxes, those sly little foxes. Everybody say sly. Little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. And I made a case for you last week that God uh, sees us as beautiful, sees us as lovely, and these foxes don't detract from our beauty. He calls us beautiful while these foxes are present, but these foxes are the things that he wants to highlight. And we've got to realize and we've got to know that these foxes are things that we're almost always totally unaware of. That's why they're little foxes. They're things that creep in and creep out of our lives and sometimes hang out in our lives for way, way longer than we even would like them to. And they are robbing us of our fruitfulness. And what, what we really see here in this passage is that they have the potential to rob us of true intimacy with the Lord and a true, genuine connection in this koinonia-type fellowship that God calls us to have with each other as believers in this community of faith. And I wanna talk to frame this conversation and uh, about these foxes. The, the best way to think about foxes in this, in this context is that these foxes really boil down to being our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs, and our behaviors. When we're talking about these little foxes, that's really what we're talking about. We're talking about thoughts, emotions, beliefs, and behaviors. And as Derek and I were talking this morning, because we have a, a meeting after our life group time yeah. that's uh, talking about life group. So that's pretty cool. After our life group, we talk about life that's group. Right. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of life group. A lot, a lot of life group happens on Wednesday morning. 
And uh, one of the things that we started talking about was the thoughts, emotions, beliefs, and behaviors that we have Mm -hmm. as people living in the age that we're living in, that we are inundated and that, I love what Serena prophesied to at the beginning of the service, our attention in regards to what we're beholding is constantly being, uh, is, is under assault. There's so many things that's trying to vie for our attention. There's so yeah. many things that's trying to vie for our focus and get us to behold it. Right. Because in, in accordance with Romans, that, that, that thing that, that, we're be, that, that we're beholding is supposed to be the glory of God, right? Yes. And, and, and understanding that we're beholding this glory, we're supposed to be changed into that same image, right? Correct. So in, in that progression, I would say that the enemy's not creative. He steals what God's already doing. Yeah. So there's things that are fighting for our attention in the culture that seek for us to be shaved, shaped after their image Correct. instead of after the image of Christ. And that's really where our conversation started off today. And as far as culture goes, we're living in a time where our thoughts, emotions, beliefs, and behaviors are trying to be controlled, swayed by all this stimulus in the air around us. Yes. Constantly things fighting to grab us, to get us to behold it, yeah. to, to get us to pay attention to that, whatever, whatever it might be. And, uh, and, and that's problematic and, and it's dangerous. So uh, Derek, talk to me about this little bit of, because uh, you're a learner. You're always yeah. reading, always listening, always just discovering different things. And I love talking to you because you're a wealth of information. But talk to us a little bit about, just in brief, uh, where our conversation kind of went after that of, Things that are so culturally accepted that we've actually lost our ability to spiritually discern their effect on us. Yeah. So, so this morning, one of the you know one of the things where our, our conversation was directed was um, there is a uh, like Zach said. I just I, I love to uh, I love to learn. I love to read. Uh, I love to you know watch YouTube videos. Uh, just basically anything anything where I can you know get information. There's a there's a professor out of out of New York that has that has done some studying on, uh, I, I hate to say cutting edge marketing techniques, mm-hmm. but uh, marketing techniques and ways that large companies appeal to us and grab our attention. Uh, so that's kind of the the direction that our conversation went was you know just how these companies grab our attention, uh, in what way do they appeal to us um, and get us to, uh, to, bite. to buy from them. Yeah. To bite. And, and when we talk about these things, and we are going to talk about them by name because yeah. we're, we're dangerous individuals yeah. and we like to do that. But um, the, the thing that I want to kind of set a, a tone for, um, what, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about these four. That, uh, and, and this is just to really provide a template in regards to some awareness. You know, most of our lives we're really doing on autopilot. Most of our lives are just it's muscle memory. There's things that we're doing, there's thoughts that we think, behaviors we engage in, and beliefs that we have that we haven't slowed down to really ask ourselves, why do I believe that way? Why do I feel that way? Why am I acting this way? And the uh, parable of the dishonest manager, and by the way, I messed up earlier when I talked about beholding the glory of the Lord. It's actually Paul's letter to Corinthians, not Romans, so strike that from the record. Alex, you can edit that. Yeah, yeah, strike that I agreed with him as well. I know, you were were supposed to help me. But... uh, (laughs) The thing I want to encourage us in is that we have to grow in our ability to be aware of, of the way that, that these entities and entities like this are shaping us and training us to respond particular ways because it's all having an effect on us. 
Right. Nothing that we're engaging in day to day is not having some type of effect on us, our behaviors, our emotions, our attitudes. And Jesus talks about the parable of the dishonest manager that the sons of darkness are more shrewd in their dealings with men than the sons of light. That's right. And the Old Testament kind of even paints this weird prophetic picture of the sons of Issachar that were anointed to be able to discern the times. Yes. And the most, most Christians that I talk to are living totally uh, inundated and lulled to sleep by tactics of the culture that their spiritual discernment skills are totally dull and sometimes totally void yeah. in their lives. Yeah. Because there's things so culturally accepted that we no longer spiritually discern them. Yes, yes. And, and I think it's important, too, you know, as, as we move you know, through some of the points and um, you know, some of the companies that are studied, you know, it's not, we are not demonizing those companies, but, but these companies, they, un, they understand us better than we do. Yep. And it's important that, that we you know, take a step back and take a 50,000-foot view uh, of what these companies are looking at to better understand ourselves uh, and to better understand how we can control ourselves to, to direct our attention towards God. Yeah, because ultimately uh, what we're beholding is ultimately what we're going to be reflecting. That's right. What you behold, you reflect. Yeah. And most of us, if we're not careful, will gravitate toward being more shaped by the culture around us than Christ within us. Yes. And some of those cultural things that we're seeing uh, are really things that are leading us to a place that we start ignoring our convictions. We start ignoring even the, the, the tender whisperings of the Holy Spirit because we don't want to be religious. I talk to more people that start ignoring the convictions that God's bringing us in regards to these little foxes. We ignore those convictions because we don't want to be religious, and that only really makes us end up being rebellious because we're ignoring the voice of the Lord in that area of our life. Everything from entertainment to conversations we're having at work to what we're doing with our finances, we've all got convicted of things by the Lord, but because it's a little fox... We just pass it off as well. It's not really that that big of a that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. But these things have damaging long term results in the way that we think and feel and behave. That's right. And I think the the more the more we are not cognizant of of these things, the the more we are distracted, um, and you know, led by something else. Yep. So four we're going to talk about. We talk about Google. We talk about Facebook. We're going to talk about Amazon, and we talk about Apple. Uh, so kind of just for perspective, this was really interesting. Okay. This is, you, I think, I think you guys will, I think you guys will like this. The guy that was doing the research on this re- really briefly kind of take us through each one of those four things. And, and what did, what was the, what was the research that was discovered in regards to how these things are, are trying to vie for our attention, fight for our focus. How, so how, how, how brief do you want me to be? I'll tell you if you need to stop. Okay. All right, so, um, so, so the guy that did the research, he, he made some, some very, very interesting observations about how we, how we interact with Google. Uh, let's see, what, what were they? Uh, Google, Facebook, uh, Amazon. Amazon, and Apple, uh, which those are, you know, I think the four largest companies even, even in our country. He, he goes into how, how big they are, but I, did, I didn't write that down. So Google, you know, so, so, we, so we go to Google. We, you know, we ask, we ask Google questions. Uh, give, Google gives us answers. Google gives us guidance. Google gives us direction. You know, I, I, I've even caught myself, and I'm sure everyone in the room has too, you know, what did we do before Google? You know, how, how, did, we, how did we find information? Yeah. You know, how did I get across town? Yeah. To meet Zach at Viegas? Exactly, exactly. Um, 
And so he, he even, and then this, this gentleman, I, I don't even believe he's a, he's a believer, uh, but he, you know, he even uses terms like, you know, we as, we as humans, we, we have a need for a connection uh, with a higher power, mm-hmm. with an almighty, an all-knowing, an all-knowing superpower mm-hmm. uh, that we can approach with questions and receive answers. Welcome to Google. Yeah, uh, and, and he, he even uh, you know Google Google is the is 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 the god of the modern day human. Mm-hmm. That's where they go for questions. That's mm-hmm. where they go for answers. Uh, you know they wouldn't. Uh, most people would not use the word prayer, but whenever we approach God in prayer, you know it's you might might as well open your 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 browser and you know type in the question. It's yeah. it's it's the same the same relationship that that most people have with. With Google, yeah, and so and so the guy he essentially uh, he essentially works his way down uh, the the torso. So you know Google Google appeals to the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, we have Facebook, and so so Facebook appeals to our to our heart. Uh, he also ha- had a very interesting uh, statistic. Uh, do you know what the number one? This is the rhetorical question Zach knows because I told him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the number one. Uh, indicator of long life is tell us how many people you love so god has created us with the need to love and to be loved mm-hmm. welcome to facebook so facebook you know whenever we uh whenever we get likes and you know hearts and thumbs and shares and shares all and kinds of stuff you know we uh, there's actually a, a a chemical that is released in our brain that we can become addicted to mm-hmm so, dopamine. Dopamine. Yeah. Feel good. Yeah. Makes us feel good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Google Head, Heart, Facebook, um, Amazon. So, you know, if we don't, uh, and, and these are all, these are all core, uh, core human needs uh, that are not bad. I mean, God created us with the need to have an attachment to him, mm-hmm. uh, the need to be in relationship and community. Uh, he also created us with the need to uh, consume food at certain intervals. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't eat, we're, you know, we're not going to make it very long. And so that's, that's Amazon. Amazon is the gut. Mm-hmm. Amazon is where we, uh, where we you know, receive sustenance. Now, I was telling Zach and I told my wife, I, I've, I have accidentally ordered things off Amazon. <laughs> I mean, one click, you know, they've got one click and, and it's, 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 it's insane. Yeah. Um, really then, quick, tell yeah. us about the testimony with the book. Yeah. Just even how yeah. we don't know subconsciously how we start even depending on uh, Amazon Prime two day shipping. That's right. Yeah. To be more of a provider of our need. Yeah. So 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 God can be more of a uh, God can get things quicker to us than Amazon. Amen. And so you know there was just was it like two days ago I was talking to to my wife and, and I, again I like to read I like to consume information. Um, and I was, I was looking at my books, and, you know, I have some that I've read, and some that I've never read, and, and nothing was jumping out to me. So I, uh, <laughs> I told her, I said, I need, a, I need another book. Go to bed that night. Not go to bed. It was, even, it was like 15, 20 minutes after, after I said that. I got a text from a, uh, from a friend saying that he had a book he wanted to give me. And so I was like, well, that's, that's awesome. So it's, it's just those small things. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a book, but... Yeah. Um, God can provide better than Amazon, I guess. You know, we were uh, we were in a uh, in a in a lead team meeting here at the yeah. campus, 
and uh, we were we were meeting and we were talking about just uh, one of the members of of our team was given the team uh, Devo that day, and they were talking about uh, one of the times when Jesus feeds the multitude. Um, and there's one specific time, depending on what gospel you read, uh, that um, Jesus says, you know, tells the disciples, you need to give the people something to eat that have all congregated here. And the disciples say, do you want us to go to town and buy food? And a lot of times we can read that as like, uh, that, like you expect us to be able to pay for food for all these people. But the actual connotation is they're legitimately asking. Like, we've got the money. They had a collective purse that Jesus was managing, which was a bad idea. Jesus' idea, by the way, so i got to be careful saying it was a bad idea. But uh, uh, one thing I've always thought, are you sure that that was the right decision? But anyway, because uh, he was stealing money from, from the collective. Anyway, but uh, he says, you know, they asked, you want us to go to town and buy food for all these people? And, and Jesus, of course, you know, says no. And uh, the, the, the implication is that they actually had the money to be able to do it. But what happens whenever we start trusting resources that are at our fingertips uh, is yeah. that we a lot of times circumvent God's ability and his desire to show up for us supernaturally. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And that's kind of what we're talking about yeah. with one of the subconscious unintended effects yeah. of, of being able to literally have needs provided at a touch of a button. Yeah. Uh, what, what is that? Does, does that. And a lot of people say, oh, that's so far-fetched. That's not having really any effect on, on me. Well, the question is, have you ever paid attention to yourself long enough to see if it is? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I think, too, and in, 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 even with those little things, I mean, you know, with, with the book, I mean, I, I believe that, that, that God, you know, uh, God, is, God is happy in, 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 in helping me experience joy. I mean, even yeah. if that's just a, just a little experience like a yeah. book, you know, it was, uh, it was something that I was cognizant of, and, and it it was just kind of cool. And you put it on somebody else's heart to bring it to you. Yeah, exactly. And I told yeah. the guy, hey, you're, here, you're, you're hearing God. You're God. Thanks for the book. Amen. Amen. That's what I say when you buy me lunch, too. You're awesome. hearing from God. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, so take us through. Well, let's, let's, let's pause for, for a moment there. Um, you know, we talk, about, we talk about Google. We talk about Facebook. We talk about these things. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of times, especially with social media, social media gets such a bad rap. Uh, because from the perspective of a lot of times people think that social media has created all of these uh, problems in human behavior, when at the end of the day, uh, those problems have been there all along. What social media has done is it's amplified those behaviors, and and it's made it easier to appeal to people's uh, addiction to validation. I believe that um, people are addicted to more things than they want to admit, uh, and the reason why we don't we don't own up to it is because we classify it as a little fox. Uh, talk to us a little bit about <laughs> with with moderation. Uh, one of the talks that you heard in regards to social media, the effect on the brain, and kind of the the, the balancing point there between uh, age age requirements and all those kinds of things. Yeah. So so social media is interesting, and I'm you know if I'm. Uh, yeah, is that you told me this? We, we talked about this at like nine o'clock this morning, so I'm completely out of notes now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so social media is interesting. You know, whenever we and again, you know, God has created us with a dependency for human relationship. Yeah. I mean, we need we need this. We yes. need you know, we need conversations and relationship. Um, what what Facebook does, uh, and again, not. I mean, I've and also I, media. I'm, I'm on Facebook. We're not just yeah, yeah, on Facebook. We're not, yeah, yeah, not just Facebook, but but social media. Um, what it does is it, is it, is it, it offers, um, 
it's it's an imposter. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not the real thing. It's not a it's not the real satisfaction for what we desire. And and so often in life, you know, if 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 we find ourselves um, seeking something um, that is, so I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. You know, if if you know someone that is someone that's that that's going to uh, Facebook for satisfaction, or yeah. someone that is going to um, alcohol, or any other vice that we can think of, you know, God, uh, Jesus, Christ is the real satisfaction for that desire. Mm-hmm. They are just going to the wrong place. Yeah, and, and I think really to speak to the Facebook thing. Yes, what I run into so much is that we live in a, in, a, in the midst of a generation and a time where people are tapping into, like never before, their ability, their God-given design and ability to yes. be great and to have influence. That's right. I, I, people are tapping into that as an unprecedented rate. Yep. And technology but, does lend to yes. the ability to have, to be great, and to have influence. Yes. But what I see very often is, in regards to, to social media especially, is that people confuse real impact with notoriety. Yes. And those two are not the same things. That's, right. That's why you can have videos on Facebook from five years ago that have 20 million views that yep. nobody remembers today. Yep. And when we see it, we say, oh, man, that was really funny. Five years ago, I forgot about it. Look how many views it got. Yeah. But real impact comes from the flesh and blood connection. That's right. I've never been at a funeral where somebody was given the eulogy and they said, and this person was so affected by this video that they saw on Facebook. Yeah. What they say is these core people that were actually flesh and blood connected to yes. their life, they had impact on. That's right. And, and those, those likes, those hearts, all those things cause that release of dopamine. They yes. cause that release yeah. of ex- it's, it's the, it's the feel-good response that we have to being liked, being noticed, being accepted, being quotable. And all of those things feed a validation addiction that's supposed to come from feeling accepted by, by the Father and accepted by a flesh and blood community. So that imposter that you're talking about is, is we're not saying that interacting with Facebook is evil. What we're saying is when we interact with Facebook, when we interact with social media, we have to ask the question, why and what is it fulfilling in my life? Yes. And you have to understand, it's, 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 it's not the real world. It's not the, yeah. Facebook's not the real world. Be careful. There's some people that think it is. Sorry. So... So uh, too. So then yeah, Zach Zach answered the question he was asking me. It's it's that it's that dopamine release. Mm-hmm. So we get conditioned and we get addicted to to, to dopamine, and that's that's the same thing that uh, you know a, a lot of other drugs do. Yeah, is they they release they release dopamine in our brain. So yeah, yeah. And, and Facebook knows what they're doing. So they know that whenever you look at a face on Facebook, you get a hit of dopamine. Mm-hmm. They know when you see a video or you get a like, you get a hit of dopamine. Yeah. And so what it does is you, I, I, I even I even catch I even catch myself like there are sometimes where I'll just be scrolling through my Facebook feed. I'm not I'm not reading anything on there. I'm just looking at the pictures. Yeah. Scrolling through the feed. Yeah. And you know I'll catch myself and you know what like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I you know in being vulnerable and being honest, the thing about it is is that even with social media as a communicator. And doing what I do full time, it's a really te- it's a real temptation to use social media as a gauge to how well the services went. How 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 well did what I was communicating really go over? If I see somebody 
that has said, posted an excerpt of the sermon or is, has posted a picture from some event that we did. Yeah. Oh, well, the people really responded. That's it. And, yeah. and the trap is, is that if you don't see that, well, maybe we weren't as effective as we thought yeah. we were. Maybe, maybe things didn't. And then the actuality is, is that some people post things and tag other people in it just to get attention from that person. That's right. Yeah. Not really to even say that it was good, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. there's an attention addiction that social media has the ability to heighten, enhance, and cause to be cause to be worse. I agree. Yeah. So the real question is why? When we engage in these things that are so culturally accepted that we think are no big deal, we have to ask ourselves the question, why do we engage in this and what's it really providing me? Uh, you know, I can jump on a Facebook Live and do a devotion that reaches 2,000 people. That, to me, is an awesome ability to leverage technology. Right. But if I'm gauging my effectiveness in ministry based upon how many likes I get, there's a problem. Amen. I agree. Right? Yeah. Okay. And the other thing is, too, the Google piece. You spoke to this. I think we're in a, the generation that I'm on the tail end of that catches a lot of flack, and I think they're going to surprise everybody in the long run. But the millennial generation that I'm on the tail end of, but that I still am in, I snuck into, because of things like Google, because of things like YouTube, because of things like online master classes and all these different things, yeah. what we see is that there's a vacuum in regards to real-life mentor-mentee relationships. That's right. What am I really going to partner with somebody that's older than me, more experienced in this area, and have them mentor me when I can control when I get the feedback I want, the answer yeah. to the question, I can watch a YouTube tutorial and what I do is I totally now cut the real thing out of that, which is not just learning the skill, it's building the relationship. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and, then, and that's a great point. You know, we, we have so much information that's available at our fingertips. We have more information. I think uh, I heard a stat one time that we, we hear more bad news in one day than a person 100 years ago heard in their whole lifetime. That's it. Yeah, one real statistic. Yeah. I mean, how does, that, how does that affect our psyche? Yeah. And I think, too, you know, kind of to... On the mentorship side, I'm on the front end of the millennial millennial generation, and I, I remember when I when I started college. I mean, that, that's when that's when Facebook first rolled out. Yeah, and it was it was just in the college in the college environment. But also when I when I started college, you know, that mentorship relationship was something that was very important in my life, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's kind of the underlying passion for me uh, with life groups is you know I've seen in my life you know, what that mentor-mentee relationship can do. And, and that's, that's a real relationship. I mean, you can't, you know, when, if, if, if Zach and I sit across the table from each other long enough, you're going to know if something's wrong. Yeah. And you're going to ask. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you. Yep. It's, it's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. We didn't talk about Apple just yet, but in regards to the whole Apple and how research, this guy's been re- researching others to show how Apple appeals. Yeah to buyers is really from two things from from the standpoint of it's nice, uh, status it's nice you got there. I know we both have it yeah. from from the standpoint of status yeah. and from the standpoint of sex appeal yeah honestly the marketing in regards to the sleek performance capturing beauty imagery is all geared to appeal to a lust nature that we all have that's correct and it's for the quickest the fastest the thing that's going to get me the, the clearest resolution, better things. That my friend, it all appeals yeah. to our need to also be in control. Yes. And this is something that millions of dollars get invested in every year to appeal to that part of who we are. Billions probably. Billions. Yeah. And I think that there's so much that's just culturally accepted 
in regards to the way that society is teaching us how to live. And if we're not careful, large entities like this that have more sway over culture and people's lives than anybody gives them credit for are constantly leading us toward things that are complicated and artificial. Always. That's right. And the whole point of the Christian walk is to lead us in a life that embraces the things that are simple and real. Yes. And little foxes, all right, remember these entities that we're talking about are not the foxes themselves. They're the thickets that the foxes hide in. Facebook in itself isn't the fox. Social media isn't the fox. Social media is the thicket that the fox of being addicted to attention hides in. Okay. And, and these foxes uh, have been around forever. Forever. They're not, they're not new foxes. Forever. I love the, another, speaking of social media, little, another little meme I saw that was uh, talking about how everybody's on their phone. And it yeah. was like, this, this is what it looks like to live in 2018. Everybody's on their phone. They did a, a snapshot of a, of a train car in the 1900s, and everybody had a newspaper opened up. <laughs> Nobody talking to each other. Yeah. And they're like, what's the difference? The, yeah, the no behaviors different. are as old as, right. as human beings. Uh, but what we do see, and this is something you and I have talked about, and I didn't know if we'd get here tonight, and we've got six minutes, so we've got plenty of time. Tons of time. Which um, is like 20 for Zach. It's 20 for me. I, God multiplies time <laughs> for me. But uh, the thing about it is, is that because the technologies that we've talked about are, are, are evolving so quickly, there's actually a huge push toward a massive upgrade in research and development and implementation of AI, artificial intelligence. So much so that uh, one country in particular uh, that I know of for certain has actually started uh, civil rights legislation and formalized it in regards to uh, humanoid robots. That that robots have rights and there's one particular uh, industry that's actually put out the first female humanoid and, and I, think that, I think that if we can discern the times, all right, and I'm going to speak a little bit prophetically here just for a second. If we can discern the times like the Lord calls us to, the church is actually being teed up to hit just a home run in the culture today. Uh, and the reason for this is, is this, is that the more complicated and artificial, even in the names of connection that social media gets, the more instantaneous and reliable that products get delivered to our doorstep. The, 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 the more sleek and performance-oriented we get in our lust and cravings and they come out with all this edgy new product. Uh, the more we lean towards, as, as managers of companies, uh, employing uh, robots instead of actual people so that we don't have to fight sickness and if they're going to call in sick we don't have to fight if they're going to be emotional if they're going to have disputes between other other workers and we lean towards the artificial i think that in the name of efficiency in in the name of wanting to be cutting edge that there's a great vacuum that's being created right now and people whether they know it or not are craving simple and real connection with god and with their fellow humans and as technology evolves to this place, it actually is an exciting time for the church because we very well could see a day where the church is the only institution on the planet that still offers simple and real, genuine connection with God and each other and people start, revival breaks out because something through all these means is not able to be fulfilled in the human yeah. heart. And we've talked about this. Yeah, I agree. That it just, these things and us being shaped by these things actually don't fulfill. They cause a deeper hole. That's right. They cause a deeper hole. And the church needs to be ready to step in and fill that gap. But we're not going to be ready if we can't spot foxes.
in our own lives. Or else we're just sucked into the same, more of the same. Yeah, yeah, so how do we keep it simple? Yeah. So what is so 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 we you know we've talked about just kind of different you know different ways that that different companies and and things impact us ways we can recognize you know how our attention is being diverted so how do we capture our attention mm-hmm. how do we shift our attention maintain our focus recognize uh, you know when we're when we're being captivated by power of the air yeah I, th- I think at the end of the day we've got to pay attention to know and realize that in, in an age of the sleek and the shiny god wants us to be arrested by some ancient paths not in cutting edge sleek and shiny but there's some ancient paths that the lord wants us to get back into touch with and those paths look like prayer Those paths look like learning how to practice the presence of God. Those paths look like slowing down, exercising discipline, resisting the urge to click by now and wait on the Lord in a particular area. Resisting the urge to seek connection through artificial means and, praise God, actually start a life group. Or join one. (laughs) Or join one. To connect with fellow people. Invite somebody to lunch instead of instant messaging them. Uh, actually going back to what human beings are supposed to be. Uh, And that's why I stand by my statement that the church is being teed up in this hour for the greatest revival the world's ever seen uh, because people are craving that, craving that. And what they're craving is the fruit from the vine. But if we don't pay attention to these little foxes, they have the potential to damage the fruit. Yeah, there'll be no fruit from the vine. There'll be no fruit from the vine. And people need to taste and see that the Lord is good. They need to taste and see that the Lord is good. So kind of bringing this to a, to a close of, some, of somewhat, um, we, we've got to be aware of one, the thickets, so to speak. And we're not singling out just these, these entities. There's so many thickets in the culture today. And because it's so culturally accepted, we don't see that there's foxes hiding in those things. And it's not about totally abstaining. Uh, that's one trap that I see people fall into all the time. And, and Paul's actually clear about this in, in a lot of his letters. And even discourages like the, pra- the practice of just being an aesthetic and just living with yeah. zero possessions, taking vows of poverty, all this kind of stuff. That's a temptation, but that's always a fear-based motivation, not a love-based motivation. Um, there's something to practicing the true and enjoying the fruit of the Holy Spirit of self-control yes. is not saying no to a million things. It's saying yes to one thing. And learning that true self-control is not about not engaging in social media. It's not about not taking advantage of the technologies that have the ability to really create ease of life and, and, uh, and just inconvenience. Yeah. It's about learning how to moderate and to control our appetites. Little foxes don't have an appetite control. They gorge themselves on the vine yeah. because it's animal impulse. We have to stay away as new believers in Christ, believers in Christ, new creations, we have to stay away from those base animal impulses and learn to be a real human being. Real human beings are able to possess their vessel with honor. Real human beings are able to evaluate, as of, able to evaluate is this behavior in my life leading to fruitfulness? Or is Facebook robbing my time from being in the book? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, and that's where relationships come in. I yeah. mean, you can, you know... You have the authority to speak into my life if you see that something I'm doing is not bearing fruit. Yep. And a lot, sometimes you know, I, can't, I can't see it because yep. I'm too close to it. 
And that's where community is so important. I'm only, I, and I only put the good stuff on Facebook. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, you know, pe- people love social media because it's, it's the one thing in their life they can control. Yeah. And they're addicted to it because I control what I look like. I control what I say. And if I say something wrong, I can go back and I can edit it so that I say it the right way. I always learn how to do that. Yeah, right? I'll teach you how. That's how I'm always polished on Facebook. But the other, the, the other piece of it is that real beauty, real beauty, and we know this, real beauty is not in flawlessness. No, that's it. Yeah. The, the, the trademark of even that's real, it. genuine yeah. artists is the little flaws it's in their in the paintings. Yeah. And those little flaws, those little inconsistencies in the brushstroke are actually what have created the greatest masterpieces. That's right. And, and, and that's humanity. That's humanity. I mean, even, even back on, you know, so I kind of come from more of a, more of a, of a business realm. And so a lot of the stuff that, that I see is, you know, is biblical truth that flows through marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a book I read a, a while back and, you know, this was, this was just when social media and online platforms were coming out and they had actually done a study that if you put a Facebook post out there and there was an error in it, there was more resonance with your crowd. Hmm. So that actually resonated stronger with the people that you were trying to reach because they associated with that humanity. With that humanity, yeah. yeah. And, and, and see, the fact is in the research that people are still, are still vying for that flawed humanity. That's right. That's right. But the lie on the user end is that you have to be polished. Exactly. So it's actually a double-sided thing. Yeah. Uh, we don't even know that that's what people are, are gravitating towards. Yeah. And while we're on it, talking about the authenticity and the honesty, yeah. yep. you know, we, we are living in the middle of a generation that is so addicted to authenticity but has no idea about truthfulness. That's good. Most of my generation that you talk to today think that authenticity and truthfulness are the exact same thing, and they're not. They're not. Because here's the truth of it. The truth of it is, is that you can be authentically wrong. <laughs> and nobody seems to, nobody seems to understand yeah. that. I remember yeah. just in, in a close, I won't get into in, in the specifics. We've talked enough. We've named some companies by name. I don't want to do two things in one message and throw out political candidates too by name. But in, in, in a race that was close to home, in, in, in a big state between two senators, the young people like crazy turned out to support one particular candidate in a local governor election because of his authenticity. And at the concession speech, because he lost, he drops this explicit term on the stage and everybody cheers and shouts. And young people like crazy are hitting social media with the authenticity, the, the, the real. And what's happening is, is because of this vacuum that technology has created, we crave so much just authenticity sure. that there's so much talk in the world today about just be yourself. Yeah. Be the best version of you that you can be without yeah. any understanding of truthfulness. Yes. That there is a true way that God's telling us to live, and you can be authentically wrong and authentically go to a devil's hell. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's taboo to talk about because we're just craving authenticity. Just be authentic. Just yeah. be real. Well, we've got to get back to being truthful. That's right. We've got to be back to being truthful. And I think what's important is, is even in that statement, you know, people, people crave authenticity because we, we, you know, we want to see who people are. We want to see that, that, that honest, that real self. But authenticity comes from you, and truthfulness comes from God. That's good. You know, truth originates in God. Yeah. Authenticity originates in me. That's good. And if I can ever get those, you know, in congruency with one another, you know, then we'll, then we'll, really, we'll really get to good. Then yeah. And what God's willing for us to be involved in yep. is, is the church. And the church is an authentic, truthful expression That's right. 
of, of God's version of humanity, yeah. which, is the, which is the version of humanity, by the way. The best version. That's going to be the only one left standing. Yes. And the church is supposed to be a prophetic representation of the alternative true community that God wills for every human being to be a part of. And it's why we have things that we read from the scriptures like don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We've got to let the Holy Spirit renew our minds right. in regards to how we're interacting with things that even are just totally culturally accepted, even things that other believers are engaged in that we think, well, because they're a believer and I respect them, then that behavior's got to be totally okay when the truth is we've got to be paying attention to the truthfulness of God's voice those little convictions of the Holy Spirit and really praying the prayer from the Psalms, an ancient path. Search me, O God, and know me. And right. if there be any grievous way in me, expose it to me. Right. I, I, I delight in your law. I delight in your truth. I delight in your way. I need your righteousness in this area of my life. Deliver me from, from foxes. That's right. That's good. Man, I, I, I got encouraged if nobody Yeah, so you else should do did. that before so you Google it. I do that before I Google it, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's the thing about it is that I, I think that what's lacking in the church world right now are these types of conversations. Yeah. To be honest with you. Well, Real and I think, conversations yeah. that are trying to point each other to, to truth yeah. in the midst and, of a confused age. That's right. And so shameless life group plug. It's it's not necessarily life groups, but but these conversations happen in the context of relationships. Yeah. You know, it's and I, I was a little nervous about having this conversation on stage because we, you know, in in a conversation that happens in the context of relationship, you know, you can, you can be authentic <laughs> and then the truth can come out of that Yeah. because, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about, you know, being right all the time. Um, yeah, we just have a conversation. Absolutely. So wrapping this up, what, what, what we really, what we really need in the age that we live in is we need to ask, why are we thinking? Why are we feeling? Why are we believing? Why are we behaving the way that we are? Yeah. And we've got to allow room for the Holy Spirit to direct us away from the complicated and the artificial yep. and back to the things that are simple and real, away from constantly needing the sleek and the shiny uh, and back to some, some ancient paths. Yep. And the church is where we tap back into those things that are timeless, that, yeah. that, are, that are eternal. Yep. And, and the world needs to experience the fruit of that vine. Yep. There's a fruit of the vine in the world today that's, that's just wax. It's wax fruit. That's right. It's got the appearance of the good. There's no nutritional value to yep. it. You bite into it, you're immediately disappointed. But the, the lie of the enemy is that if I keep buying this, I'll eventually get the real thing. Yeah, and the fact of it is, I've got to grow this thing from the ground up. I've got to dig up some vines that don't need to be grown in my life. Yeah. I've got to deposit some things from the Lord, and I, have to, and I have to tend that. As a gardener, I have to pay attention to the fruit that I'm bearing and making sure that these thickets that foxes hide in and the behaviors that I'm engaging in don't have the potential to steal, to steal that fruit to rob me of purpose in the life that I'm living. That's good. I think you know, my, my, my takeaway is just you know, we are called to renew our minds and be conformed to the image of Christ. And so you know, that's something that I do. I'm going to follow up with what I do. So what I do and then what you said is, is ask, you know, ask myself, why did I do that? You know, why did I do that? Why did I react the way I reacted? And is that in conformity with what, with what Christ, Christ would have me do, what the Word yeah. of God says? Stop living on autopilot. Yeah, that's right. Live deliberately. Yeah, if I, get, if I get upset or angry, why, why did that upset me? Am yeah. I scared of something? Am I, you know, walking in faith? Yes, no. Yep. Just, yeah. Absolutely. Be aware. Praise God. Why don't you pray for us? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this evening, God. We thank you for the opportunity to, 
to just have a conversation, Lord, to be in relationship with uh, believers, like-minded believers that, that are seeking you, that are seeking conformity to your word, conformity to your truth. Lord, I pray that, that we would be... Um, that we would, be, we would be real with ourselves, authentic with ourselves, Lord, that you would help us to, uh, that you would examine our lives, that you would guide and direct us. Um, Lord, your word says that, that, that we are to trust in you, uh, that we are to lean on you and all our understanding, Lord, that you will guide and direct our paths. God, I pray that, that as, we, as we go forth from here, that, that you would guide and direct us, Lord, that you would um, just expose uh, areas in our life uh, where we need to uh, rely on you more, where we need to uh, trust in you. Lord, again, we thank you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.